0: Welcome to the Reverse Selling Podcast, where real estate agents, salespeople, and entrepreneurs come to learn the best tactics and strategies to grow their business. Hosted by the creator of the Reverse Selling
1: methodology,
0: Brandon Morinon. All
1: right, so um, so Brandon, like for a lot of people, like don't don't know like your story, like you've done a lot of videos in the past of like. Um, your childhood and, and the pain and different things obviously like who you are now um, like a lot of that stuff starts at childhood like kind of molded you for who you are today and um, Just um, can you tell me a little bit about like what you went through as a child and kind of like unpack that for us?
0: Yeah, so um, and I agree with you by the way, like I think Becoming an adult is just a manifestation of of childhood, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the good bad the ugly and So we, I was born in Germany actually. So I was a military brat. So my, my dad was in the military born in Germany. Uh, we weren't there very long Mm -hmm. and then we moved to Miami and this is where I grew up in Florida. Right. So, um, which is, which is funny. So, so lived in Miami. Then we moved to the Tampa area. Um, wait, how long did you live in Tampa? Uh, I moved to Michigan when I was in third grade. Okay. Yeah. And, um, this is kind of where, and I don't remember this as much as my older brother does, yeah, but my my dad, he was an alcoholic um mm-hmm. he he left us when we were in Miami, right, wow. so we moved to Tampa, my mom's originally from Michigan, okay, Gosh. so this is kind of where the story starts, yeah, and so at the time she moves us back to Michigan, this is where she's from okay from tampa yeah. from 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 the tampa area, that's exactly right and um, not knowing what she didn't know, she decided to, uh, to move to a city called Rochester. Okay. Right. And at the time when we moved there, Rochester was like one of the top 10, 15, 20 most wealthiest cities in the country. She didn't know that she was from, she's from the East side in Michigan. Okay. And so she moves us back down to downtown Rochester. I move here in third grade. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, Joe, you know, people look at my life today and ask me all the time about, you know, why, why do you work the way you work? Why do you do what you do? And this is the best way I can put it, okay? So, I from, from third grade to uh, uh, senior year in high school, that's like 10 years, okay? 360, uh, 3,600 days in a row, it's like waking up on Christmas morning and not being able to open a gift, Right, and so I, I tell the story that way because it's like what that does to a child. I was surrounded by wealth. Right, these kids. Wow. When I try to articulate uh, articulate this to people, I try to paint a clear picture because you got to you got to imagine for a second. I don't know how you grew up in in, in high mm. school, but. I mean, I'm going to high school. I remember this vividly. Going to high school, and my best friend, spoiled rotten. Love him to death. Spoiled
1: yeah. rotten. Are you guys still friends?
0: Yeah, yeah. we're totally still friends. This? He's got kids, all oh, that. Yeah, and yeah, he'll yeah. see this. And, uh, dude, this kid's getting brand new Camaro Supersports, brand new Escalades. We had a kid, 16-year-old. Mm. Uh, his dad was the CEO of Flagstar Bank. Gets a brand new wow. Ferrari. And wow. growing up, you know, it's not that we... Uh, we're like, you know, dead broke, but we didn't have much. Right. I grew up, I grew up in a one bedroom apartment with my brother and my mom, um, surrounded by wealth. And so from a young, young age, it put a chip on my shoulder. That was the reality. The reality is I was very, I was very, uh, I I felt very shamed, right? Like, like I had to almost lie to people because of the way I grew up and making them believe i was something that i wasn't yeah and so i I say for that that's exactly right and so from a young age i was like as soon as i have the ability to work it was like a unleashing of a a tiger and i was going to kill Mm -hmm. and what i mean by that was i was going to crush everybody in business Mm -hmm. my friends were going to these ivy league schools And I was like, I'm not going that traditional path. And we can talk about my philosophy on college in just a second. But I grew up this way that like, it was like my blessing and my curse, you know? And what I mean by that was, you know, it was painful growing up, but now I feel like I have like a superpower that I'm, I'm, I'm from a, from a motivation standpoint Mm -hmm. that all of those friends growing up the way that we did don't have they can't understand why i do what i do they went to college they got the great you know the great job that they're making 80 90 grand a year working at some bank they've been there since they've been out of college so i guess that's a high level overview of of what you know growing up looked like for me why i think i maybe carry some of this pain today and maybe out there to create a life for, for my
1: wife and for my kids that certainly I didn't have. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where it starts. So that's really interesting. I'm glad you brought that up. So I want to talk really quick and not to like, um, get too off, off topic. What do you think? Um, I'm curious what your like perspective is on like people who grew up like that um, and have a really painful childhood and like you obviously had nothing handed to you and it made you the hungry person you are today and then people that get everything handed to them and there's nothing wrong with that I want to be careful saying that there's nothing wrong with um, having a great life that's what parents do that's what they want to do but um, what do you think your advantage is because you grew up in that painful childhood and you didn't realize it at, at the time I'm sure any second you would have been like oh I wish something was different, but um, what advantage do you think people like that have over people that kind of get everything handed to them and maybe just don't appreciate the same thing? Yeah, I love it. Perspective.
0: Mm-hmm. Perspective. So, I go and spend the weekend at my friend's home, right? Let's just talk about middle school for a second. Mm-hmm. I go to their five, six, seven thousand 7,000 square foot home, wow. and I look through a lens, Joe, that is completely different than how they look at their own home, right? Yeah. They go in, in their six-car garage and their dad's you know Corvette or whatever, they, it's like they don't even see it. I'm like, hold on, wait a minute, dude. There's a 1967 Shelby Camaro in there. Well, <laughs> you know, or I'm like, why are we not talking about this? So I spent a lot of time, which was crazy, with my friend's parents, you know, and my friends always used to talk shit about that. They're like, dude, why are you hanging out with my parents? Let's go. I'm mm-hmm. like, no. Uh, I want to understand this dude at a young age. So I, I made it a point and I remember this vividly. I would go there and try to, uh, make an impact with my friend's parents because I wanted to get in conversation. Okay. And it's funny, you know, we're in the real estate business today and we talk a lot about positioning, becoming the obvious choice at a listing appointment. Mm -hmm. I was trying to do that. I look back now with my friend's parents so that I could get their time. Mm -hmm. So, so I could grab the dad. Go in the garage and talk about how did you do all of this, mm-hmm. right? How do you have the cars? How do you how do you do all this? And my friends, to your point, they didn't care. You know what I mean? Because they lived this life, it, they didn't know anything different. Mm-hmm. Perspective is everything. The lens in which we look through is everything. So, you know when you when you manifest into an adult. Mm-hmm. It's all about your pain threshold Mm -hmm. and people that come from privilege, they don't have a high pain threshold. So it's not that it's right or wrong, good or bad to your point just a second ago, but their pain threshold's so low, Mm -hmm. um, they can't, it's hard for people to accomplish a lot without going through a lot of pain. Like if you're going to build a business, if you're going to build anything that's worth anything, it's going to be hard, right? I think everybody would agree with that. And if you come from privilege, it's not a broad brush, right you don 't have to go through a painful you don't childhood have to have that story. absolutely not yeah, but exactly. but but the i guess the the thing that I see is that if you don't have that pain threshold from growing up with with maybe a tougher upbringing mm-hmm. it's going to be tough for you to get through some of that pain as an adult or even want to go through that pain in the, in the uh, 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 at all right so yeah. I think it's perspective. I think that it comes down to what are you willing to put up with to get what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think all that plays a huge part.
1: So, yeah, man, that's so good. And um, you, you brought up something earlier and I kind of tied it together. So, I grew up, so just me really quick. So, um, I kind of understand where you're coming from because when I was 12, my dad died. And so, I was the same guy who. You just see things differently. And two, as men, we, we're providers. We know we have to work our whole lives. That's just how we're hardwired. So we see things different, differently. And um, our dads teach us how to be adults. And, um, and so like, I didn't have that. So I obviously, it, it changed me. And it was like a double-edged sword, where it, it sucked. But it was also good because that's who I am today. How do you think, and um, we don't have to go too deep on this if you don't want to. But I'm curious how um, your relationship with your dad... Uh, might have played a role in you becoming who you are and um can you like talk about that yeah right?
0: yeah yeah 100 i mean and uh, i'm happy to go deep on this right i mean this this all of these things make us who we are today and yeah, i don't have absolutely. um a great relationship with my dad i mean mm-hmm. quite frankly I, I don't even know uh if you could call it a relationship you know i mean i probably have seen him in my life you know uh it's not that often i don't really know who he is mm-hmm. and vice versa and as an uh, adult as an adult yeah as an adult yeah. you know um so what does that do that that to me is probably a subconscious motivation. What I mean by that is, Mm -hmm. that's probably what drives me to be a phenomenal dad and build a lifestyle for these kids. Because I know the pain that it's caused, you know, like the pain that that causes a child, Mm -hmm. um, there's probably all kinds of issues I have in my head, right, about that, um, that are coming out as I get older and older. um, And I work through those daily, but I think that going back to the beginning of this interview, Mm we talk about things that happened in your childhood manifesting as an adult. Yeah. It's, it's not having what I thought I wanted as a, as a kid and everybody else having what I didn't have. So therefore, I'm going to work my ass off to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Not having a father around, right? Yeah. Now I want to make sure I'm the father that, that wasn't there for me. Yeah. So that's why I call it the blessing and the curse. At the time, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Very painful, right? As you know, uh, you lost your father. Very painful.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Growing up not having what you, what your friends have, it's painful. Now it's the blessing,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: I wouldn't change it for anything, you know? And at the time I, I remember at the time I'm like, man, what, what? like I was almost like a little bit of a victim. I'm like, why, why is like, why do I have to live this way? Mm-hmm. Not knowing, and I don't know what you believe in, but the thing is, is like not knowing how much power that feeling mm-hmm. was going to give me as an adult, as an entrepreneur, as a business person, as a dad, as a husband. Mm-hmm. I had no idea, but it's the it's the reason why
1: I'm living this life today. I really believe that. A hundred percent. Yeah, and that's that's cool. Like when we connected, I I saw a lot, a lot of similarities in our our stories. And when I was a little kid, I'll just say this: I was like, so my dad died, and I'm a Christian. I believe in God, and I was like trying to see the good in everything. And I was like, there's nothing good that came from that. But I do believe mm-hmm. that it's going to make me it's going to mold me. It's going to make me a stronger person that other people that will not have to go through what I have to go through as a 12 year old. I'm like, this is going to change me in a, in a good way. And I think for you, so how do you think, um, so you said you spent a lot of time with people's parents and, uh, and I totally relate to that. And you were trying to like figure things out. Do you think, um, like what happened with your dad and him abandoning you guys? Do you think that like that molded your, like, do you seek out um, relationships with like mentors and other guys like that to learn. Do you think that's been an advantage for you because of what's happened with your dad? Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting way you put that. Um, probably, Mm -hmm. um, what's
0: interesting is the answer to the question is 100%. I mean, I, I was in Robert Kiyosaki's coaching program as a senior in high school. Wow. So in fifth grade, go back. Right. So in fifth grade, I remember my whole life, And this is going to blow your mind in a second. My whole life since fifth grade, I wanted to be a teacher and a coach. Wow. That's what I wanted to do. My, and now how that was going to look was I was going to be a high school teacher. I was going to be married. I was going to be, you know, have kids and I was going to coach sports. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was my, that was my whole thing. Well, lo and behold, it wasn't until later that I, that I, uh, develop this hatred towards traditional education. Yeah. And I said, there's got to be a better way. I'm going to teach and train and mentor people in a way that impacts and makes their life better. And this is where my my position on traditional education in college mm-hmm. um, comes from because I'm living it, you know? Yeah. And so all of this has happened at an early, early age about getting mentorship, getting coaching. And I, I have a belief system, Joe, that in order to make the biggest impact, our own cup has to be full. Mm-hmm. And most people don't understand that. Like until our cup is overflowing, you've got to work on yourself, mm-hmm. which means mentorship, you know, investing in yourself, self-development, before you can impact anything, before you can impact a business, before you could be a great spouse, before you could be a great parent, before you can do anything in business. Um, I think working on the self is probably the highest priority
1: and Warren Buffett says there's no better investment in the world than yourself. Oh man, that's so good. And I feel like, so for those of you guys that don't know me, so Brandon, I just like skyrocketed once I met Brandon. And one of the biggest things I learned from you is, and I was telling Nick this this morning, is like, like, making money is great, making a lot of money, but the most important thing that we do is become the person that can do the things we need to do. And you taught me that. And I'm like, wow, like I was telling him, I was like, Nick, you have the skills that if real estate went away today, you could go sell vacuum cleaners, you'd get on the phone, you do everything you already do now. It's because you you changed. you are the person who can do that. And yep. I think for you, you got that and you get that, you invest so much in yourself. And I think you, you push that so much on people. And Hopefully they get it that it's like, it's great to go make a lot of money, but don't just make that the goal. Don't stop there. Make it the goal to be the person that like, you want to be the person that's going to do those things and not just make money. Like obviously like you want to make a huge impact and you are. And, um, tell me about becoming this person. Like, tell me a little bit about, about like who you were and how you became who you are today. Yeah. So you're talking about a a core philosophy of mine of like most
0: people living this life of have to be. Yeah. Versus be to have. All right, this is an important concept. Society wants us to believe, and I don't know exactly where it comes from, but society mm-hmm. wants us to believe like you have to go to college to get the good job. Mm-hmm. You have to look a certain way, Joe, in order to attract the spouse. You have to you have to be a certain way in order to uh, to to have the life that you want. You want to have to drive this car. You got to live in this type of house. You got to mm-hmm. send your kids to this school. This is like a have to be that's a victim mentality Mm -hmm. because this gives up control to the world where if you live a B to have lifestyle, which is this, which is what is the type of person, right? That I need to become in order to have what it is that I want. So as an example, right? Who must I become in order to have a a successful business? Who must I become to have the spouse that I want? Mm now this puts you in control, Mm -hmm. right? This is like the anti-victim strategy. And so once I understood, because truth be told, I come from a family of victims. And that's hard to say, but that's the truth. Um, And so there was a lot of victim mentalities that I had to make peace with and and get past Mm -hmm. and understand that I am where I am and people are where they are based on the decisions and the choices they make, period. And a lot of people can't accept that. You know, a lot of my, uh, you know, there's just different paths. You know, I, there's a lot of people that grew up worse than me that are, are a lot further ahead than I am. And there's a lot of people that grew up worse than me that use that as their excuse on why they can't do X, Y, and Z. Because it's the have to be. So going back to your question, um, Really taking ownership and understanding that any life is possible if you are willing to accept the fact that you must do the work. No one's going. No one owes you anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and you cannot be a victim. You cannot say, "Oh, woe is me." You know, I live in the wrong market. I I I, I didn't grow up like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't have the money they have. And so I think it really comes down to a be to have philosophy mindset mm-hmm. that, that I've adopted and understand that I'm in control mm-hmm. and that where I'm at is just a, simply a byproduct
1: of the choices and the decisions I make. I really want to touch on self-awareness. You're just talking about that. That's huge. Like tell me what you think about self-awareness is and why that's important.
0: Well, I mean, I think it's probably the most important and underrated skill Um, as a human being on on this planet. I think that it it comes into everything. Like, we just talked about taking responsibility and how important it is to to own your choices to own where you are in life and being self-aware is the thing it's the mechanism it's the skill that allows you to uh take ownership without self-awareness that's the definition of a victim it's a subconscious thing it's not that victims run around town saying oh i'm a victim you know they don't do that they they just place blame subconsciously right they're not consciously aware of it. So being self-aware is the skill that allows people to go from victim to, to this life of like ownership, you know, and it comes in everything. It comes in every conversation being self-aware. It comes in, um, in relationships. It comes in how you treat people. Um, it comes in personal behavior and performance. You know, I talk about this a lot. I think that a lot of, entrepreneurs, especially people in real estate, have like these massive, massive expectations and goals for themselves, and then their work ethic of what they do is totally out of alignment. This is all about self-awareness, you know? When somebody says, I wanna make $500,000 a year, and then we ask them, okay, great, show me your schedule, let's look at what you do every day, it's like, how in the world did you expect that you were gonna make this type of income doing these types
1: of activities? It's all about self-awareness. Wow, man, that's so good. And you, yeah, I mean, you coach agents all day, so you see them ask the same questions, get the same results. Um, man, that's so important. So, I'm curious, like, for people watching to help them. And a lot of people aren't going to get this, and that's that's okay. But. Um, How do you think self-awareness for some agent or someone watching right now, not just in real estate, but in their life, like how, cause we, we believe a lot of bullshit, right? And and I have to check myself. How do you think, like, what does someone do to start becoming self-aware? What does that look like? Well, I think it's a process of reflection, you know? So this is why, this is why
0: people that haven't achieved a lot, look at advice that people give and it goes in one ear and out the other. Let me give you an example. Like daily journaling. The the low producer, the non uh performer looks at that as like hocus pocus. Like ah oh, dude, give me the tactic, give me the strategy. That shit's all fluff. They don't understand that the results are a byproduct of everything we're talking about from a mindset perspective right they they go back to have to be right everything goes back to that watch i'm going to tie this together nicely The low performer says, and they believe this, Joe, they say, it's the script, it's the tactic, it's the strategy, which is the reason I'm not succeeding like Joe. Well, you and I both know that's just not true. It's the self-awareness, the self-image, the self-belief, the mindset, which then manifests into the tactic or strategy. So, you know, I think it all starts with reflection, you know, is, okay, what am I, what's my morning ritual and what's my nightly ritual? And they have to do with reflection, right? So before you go to bed, that means, okay, taking time to journal what has occurred. This is removing the emotion and documenting what has occurred, right? So it's like, okay, let me reflect on what did I do? What was I supposed to do? What was the differences? What got in my way? Why wasn't I able to do what I was supposed to do? And then waking up, doing the morning ritual, and then reviewing, okay, what am I supposed to do today? This process over time becomes like this this ritual and, and it really, really can open up someone's eyes to say, I'm not coming close. And I'll give somebody a tangible example as it relates to real estate. If the business plan says, okay, I need 25 contacts per day based on my skills and my ratios, and every day I'm getting 12, I can now see the gap.
1: Without my emotion, I can see the gap. So that's where I think it comes down to. Wow, that is so important. You're so right because I think a lot of people are so stuck up on, on like what, what scripts are you using though and like, what time are you calling, what dialer, and all these things, and I I stumbled, so me personally, I stumbled into this and I got a little shiny object syndrome, but I got it from you that I was like, man, if I just believed what you said and I was like, if I just do the work like he says, the results will come. And now I'm like, I don't script practice. I don't do any of that. I set a listing employment every 18 contacts. And I'm like, and people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, it's so funny. They're, they just don't get what you're saying. They yeah. don't believe it. They're blaming something else. And um, wow, that's so, uh, man, well, that's so good. Well, well, they think, yeah, they think that,
0: Um. you, this is so interesting about human performance and achievement. They think, Joe, you know something they don't, that you're not telling them. They think that you're doing something that they don't do. They don't know that only thing that's difference between you getting your 9 or 10 listings this month and the guy that's going to get 10 listings in his career is that you just do it. While he's sitting around thinking about what to do and thinking about doing it, you're just doing it. That is the only difference, you know? And so I think that's where the victim can't accept that. They can't accept, you know, like, wow, it's that simple. And I told you the story, and I'll tell everybody listening to this right now, when I was first getting started. I, it took me this exercise to really become a believer. I would go all over the country and shadow people. And I was very disappointed to find out, like, wow, that was really boring. That's all that person's doing to create a million-dollar income. And I was like, wait, that's the secret. The only difference between low producers and high producers, non-achievers and achievers, is not that there's some magic there or something, this miraculous strategy that is kept in some secret book in the backyard. No, 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 no. It's just that they are doing the things when the, the, the bottom uh, producers just
1: will, aren't, aren't willing to do. Wow, that is and I hope people can really get that because I didn't understand it till I actually stopped doing script practice I mm-hmm. was like, I know script practice is just so important and I stopped doing it and I still kept taking listings I was like, wow, it's not in it's not in my CRM it's not in that yeah. I'm like I'm literally calling and I, I don't know it's, it's so simple man man and if they can just get that it's insane like so I and I feel like one thing um that gives you a lot of confidence is you just know that. You're so self-aware, you know yourself, you know, like you've probably, you've been through the bullshit, you don't bullshit yourself, you're so self-aware. And um, man, it's not even in like the work. I feel like like what we talked about before, it's becoming that person that's gonna do that. You work so hard, um, who said this? Some some guy, um, Zig Ziglar, someone mm-hmm. said this, like work harder on yourself than in your business and then you're never gonna have to work, worry about money. Um, I guess one thing that makes you special. You work so, so hard on yourself. So tell us a little bit about your routines and like how you discipline yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: I was going to, that's a great segue because, you know, I think a lot of people, especially in our industry of real estate live with a lot of doubt. And the reason why they have doubt is, is due to a lack of action. You know, I look back to, uh, when you and I first started working together, you know, I, I almost remember your specific conversations, and how worried you were, you know, financially and all the stories you, you were telling, you know, and where you're at today, like the doubt has probably subsided. You You probably feel right now that you could go anywhere in the country and you never have to worry about money again, right? And that's just a byproduct of like taking massive action and getting lost in the doing, right? Um, and, and so that's the whole thing. So going back to, to discipline and focus. So I believe that people's life simply is a mirror of their discipline and their focus, right? So if you look at their life, the way they live and what they've accomplished and what they have, that is a direct reflection to how much discipline and focus they have, right? And for how long they've, uh, behaved that way. So for me, you know, it's funny, like my, even my friends, even my neighbors, right? We're at my house right now. Even my neighbors can't understand this. Like, I, I sneak away and I go to bed at like 8.30, 9 o'clock. Everyone makes a joke of it and they, it's hard for people to comprehend that because I know what's coming in the morning. And what's coming in the morning is like my special time, right? I like to wake up very, very early. This is when it's like me and myself and I don't have to worry about the world and everybody that needs me. And this is where I do my best work, right? So, I love to wake up early. I love to work out in the morning. I love taking cold showers in the morning, as you, as you know, and I've, and we've talked about for, for a long time now. I love to work on deep rooted thoughts in the morning. So a lot of times after the walk or after the workout, I'll go on a walk and this is when uh, I'll have my phone and because I want the notes section of my phone. And this is where I'm clarifying my vision continuously. Because this is not a document. The vision in your business plan and your mission isn't something you create one time, throw it in a drawer and you never look at. I'm looking at it every single day, right? To say, okay, where do I want to go? And, and how can I uh, create a more clear path to get there? And every day I'm learning more. Like I don't feel... There's no finish line, you know. I feel like every day is an opportunity to learn and grow and get better. And so, during the morning is where all of that that uh, all my best thoughts come from. It's when I'm most creative. It's when I come up with content ideas. It's when I come up with with uh, business strategies, uh, which relationships I need to pour into. Right? Who are the who are the people that I need to reach out today uh, to today? So when it comes to disciplines. I think those are the two things as like the night the nightly ritual and the morning ritual and this is what I believe. I believe that if you have those two things, the rest of your life will be taken care of. I really believe that. And it's been true. Like I do so much before noon that I have no guilt. I have no doubt. And people are just I just think people are so reactive, you know, and they're playing defense constantly and they're almost scared to take control of their life. And, um,
1: they're, they're just a victim of their circumstances. Wow. And I don't want to pick on other people, but I do want to touch on this. Like, um, you're right. Other people, like they're just, um, they just don't get it. And they didn't grow up how you grew up and we're all different. Right. So, um, I'm curious, like I don't know. Um, just what do you think? I mean, you talked about your childhood. You talked about what you went through, which helped develop and create the person you are today when who you are when you wake up in the morning. You don't, no one has to tell you anything. I'm sure you have coaches, but no one has to tell you what time to wake up in the morning, what time to go to bed. No, yeah. just that's, that's in you. Like Iron Man, you're a big fan of Iron Man. He has like the heart thing and that, that's just in you. That's who you are. Um, so tell us a little bit about like, um, Man, just discipline and like, this isn't just about real estate, but just discipline and how, like, if people like want something, like how they can just get it. If they just have the discipline, they just do the things and become like who they want to become like you. Well, I, that's a great question. Um, and I think that
0: people try to overcomplicate things. And I believe simplicity is genius. And so it's, it's, it's like Jim Rohn said, right? Begin with the end in mind. Or maybe Stephen Covey said that, right? So, um, this is where it starts. It's like when I ask questions Joe of people and I say, what do you want specifically? M- nobody can answer that. It is such a hard question to answer because nobody works on it. Nobody thinks about it. This goes back to everything we've been talking about in this interview. It's like the victim doesn't doesn't work on his or her future. It's too painful, you know like, uh, they can't accept that they're in control; that they can, can uh, create the future that they want. They can't accept that for for reality. So, so they don't work on that future. So, I think step one is what is the what is the end goal, and then working backwards into well, what does that mean, you know? And we can get into the numbers and stuff like that, but. I think keeping it high level, it's getting really clear on the vision. And if you just go around and you ask people in your everyday life, you know, like, what do you want in three, five, 10 years specifically? All right, go ahead. Number one, what is it? They're like, uh, 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 I I don't know, you know, and that's the problem. So yes, discipline is important. Yes. You know, focus is important, but it's like, it's like trying to get from New York to Ireland on a boat with, with no compass. It's like, good luck. You know what I mean? Like, how do you know when it's three o'clock in the morning and it's pitch black and you don't even see the water? How do you know which way you're going? That's how I think most people live their lives. It's really scary. Wow. That's,
1: man, that's so good. You have so much value, so much there. There's so much value in everything you're saying. So how does someone like, so I feel like, um, tell me if I'm wrong. So being honest with ourselves, it's not Mm. just about this one. I feel like you do a lot of deep work and you're so honest with yourself and so self-aware that I feel like, and, and you're so scientific about it, right? You're like, okay, here are the numbers. I didn't hit my numbers. That's the problem. You're, you don't get caught up in emotions. Like you almost have this like superpower other people don't have where you just like, you've like real estate is discipline. Real estate is hard work, but there's also things inside you that you worked out to where like you just don't ah man there's so much um. well, well let me add to that thought and i think i kind of know where you're, you're you're wanting to go i think that
0: people are too i think focused and obsessed with uh what they do and not who they are they're they love what you know they just love to live in the what and so what i mean by that is this you know so instead of obsessing about like what we were talking about before about you know tactics, strategy, those types of things those are are all you know um, um, result type things you know I have taken the approach of understanding myself and you know how we act, how we behave, why do we do the things that we do and building a strong mindset and I think that because of that, everything else has become easy. You know, understanding why why do I respond that way in this situation? Why do I, uh, uh, like, give you an example. Why is it that people have a tough time waking up early in the morning? Why do they hit the snooze, right? The battle of the bed. Why do they lose that over and over again? Why do people start diets and then get fat again? Why is that happening? And I think if people would take more of an interest in understanding themselves um, and, and how in which they behave, things will become a lot more clear. And I think there'll be a lot less frustration and, um, their behavioral patterns, they'll start to notice it because they will be start to become self-aware
1: because they're going through a process of reflection and working on themselves. Wow. That's so good. And I feel like you're unstoppable because I'm like, you're not going to bullshit yourself. You're going to be very honest. And you know, like, Man, that's so good. So tell me, tell me about this. Like, what are, um, we've talked a lot about tactics and different things. Like, um, talk to us about your goals. Like, who do you want to be? Like, talk to us about, I, I know you do a ton of deep work. Like what's that look like? Yeah. So, you know, the work that I do, like, and it's, uh, an evolution,
0: right? So this is kind of what I'm talking about. So In the beginning, it was, I wanted to be the top dominant listing agent, okay? So what does that look like? You know, have a three, five year plan, accomplish that, right? Got up to the point where I was selling over a hundred homes a year, uh, earning seven or $800,000 in real estate commissions. Beautiful, okay, got it. Accomplish that. Then it was, you know, okay, well I wanna grow a real estate brokerage firm, okay? So to provide a platform for other people to come in and do the same thing. Okay, great, we did that. But really, the, the 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 vision that I'm most uh, passionate about, that I think is really my calling, if you will, is manifesting the fifth year old, the, the the fifth grade child in myself. And if you remember what I told you, is in fifth grade, the vision in fifth grade was to teach people to be a mentor of others. And that's now the work that I'm doing with with my new company, ReverseSelling.com, where we train and coach real estate agents today. And what that's going to look like in the future, my goal for that is to, A, help people, regardless of industry, understand themselves so they can become self-aware, so they can take control back over their life. That's the number one goal of ReverseSelling.com. Then number two is to pour into these people in a way, Joe, that they've never experienced in their life—not from their family, not from um, maybe their friends—is to create a such a deep rooted leadership relationship, mentorship relationship, where people can um, reach levels of success that maybe even they struggle with accepting or believing and that's what I believe real coaching is is to help somebody accomplish something that they yet don't believe and that to me is really exciting that's way more exciting than anything else I've ever done
1: man and uh, so that reminds me of someone I know um, Greg Harrelson a lot of people know him he's very much on like things outside of real estate that apply to real estate. He's huge on that and he's right. And I feel like you two are so similar in that. And I, I know that you're like, what you're doing is training agents, helping them make money. But I feel like, It goes beyond that because, right, you help people make money, but so much of what you teach is, like, things you can apply to other areas of life. Like, I'm sure you've applied a lot of what you've learned uh, in the gym, obviously, with your wife, with your family, with friends. And so tell me about a a little bit about that. You help agents become successful, but it sounds like you also, like, really want to help people live their best lives. Well, well, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the point
0: is I think real estate doesn't have anything to do with it. That, I think, is probably the whole point of this interview is, you know, like, people just have such a practitioner's mindset of, like, you know, I'm a real estate agent. You know what I mean? It's like, well, well, that's what you do. You know what I mean? Like, going back to, like, you're so obsessed with what, 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 what. Real estate is just a vehicle, you know? Like, it could be any industry because everything we're talking about in today's interview is not real estate specific. you know I believe that in the human performance uh, business, which is called life by the way, is all about a process of self-discovery. That's the business that I'm in. It could be real estate, it could be you know baking cookies. It doesn't matter what the career path looks like. that's all a byproduct of the person that you're becoming. And that's, to me, I think what you're, you're asking me or what you're, you're picking up on, that's the work that I'm in, you know? And that's why the vision for reverseselling.com, I think, is much bigger than just the real estate industry. Um, that's where we're going. You know, right now, it's just the vehicle is real estate, right? But um, I think I just want to really help people. Get on the path of self-discovery so they can create their
1: best versions of themselves, regardless of what they do. So let's talk about this really quick. So whenever I worked with you, I never spent money on coaching or anything like that, and I was scared. I was like, "This is going to be BS. He's going to take." I remember that conversation. Oh, there's no way. Yeah, I I swear. Yeah, I remember. You were so skeptical, Mm -hmm. like, of being sold a bag of goods, and you were. But but anyway, we'll we'll come back to that. But keep going. So um, yeah, you were like, uh, 45 days if it doesn't work, whatever. And it worked. And one thing I've learned like the internet today, everyone's trying to be a guru and sell things. I feel like it's I was so lucky to find you because you genuinely like you genuinely enjoy and it's your passion to help people. The money just came. I don't think you ever maybe thought of like this, where you are, you might not have ever planned it, but you genuinely, I think that's what makes you so special is because you genuinely like did the deep work, you unlocked yourself and you're like, I just want that for everyone else. Like, do you think that's fair? Yeah,
0: check this out. Great
1: question. Great use of fair. Good job. Um,
0: so check this out. This is this is the craziest thing that I learned that made all the sense in the world to me, right? So, oh, this is so good. So, so people are so... Um, when I tell a real estate agent or I ask them, I say, hey, what do you, what do you think is the best lead source out there? What do, you, what do you think some of the answers I get? Just name, name, uh, name uh, a few.
1: Expireds.
0: Yeah.
1: I Circle prospecting. Watch this.
0: This is going to just really, really uh, hopefully make the audience understand this whole concept. The best source of new business is your existing client that's working with you right now. Check this out. So what most people want to do is focus on like these external drivers, right? What, what lead sources? Well, what we have to do is perfect our craft. And once you once your product is so good, right? Your, your delivery, your client service, uh, the results you get for people, you'll never have to worry about anything else again, ever. Like when your client service is so good, that at the end of that closing table, they're referring you client after client after client after client. You don't have to call FISBOS. You don't have to call expires. Watch this. Most realtors are so focused on new lead generation, not focused on their product or their service delivery, which to your point, going back to your question Dude, number and money, that's all a byproduct of the experience you give people. So all I'm focused on is is helping people get a result. What I know, Joe, is this. If I can help people get a result, they fly and come see me at my house and do an interview with me like you're doing right now. Because of the product. It wasn't the packaging. It wasn't the, the sexy marketing. It wasn't a fancy script. It was because your life changed. It was because you got a result. And so many people, to your point, all the marketers out there, and it doesn't matter what industry, they're so focused on like um, like the, the, the lipstick, if you will, but their product sucks. Their delivery sucks. They list a property. Uh, I remember talking about this with Nick at some point. Like, dude, you gotta, it's all about client service. If you can really hone in on client service, you'll never have to worry about clients again, if, if you think about that for a second. And you, and you look at your business and you reflect, right? This whole interview has been about, about self-discovery. And as real estate agents, if they look and say, okay, why don't I get a bunch of referrals? Why? Why don't I get that? Well, it's probably because their service isn't that great. It's probably because they don't know how to communicate it, right? Because if they would, then they would never have to worry about another client again. And your question about like, it seems as though you're not worried about the money. You're exactly right. I know that
1: if I can help people, I will be fine. And that is exactly what has happened to me in my life. Man, that is so true. And I believe that 100%. I'll just say this before we wrap up. It's funny, a year and a half ago, you interviewed me. I was a brand new agent, whatever. And here I am sitting today and I'm I'm like guaranteed I'm going to make over $250,000. I'm not even blinking about it. It's just going to happen. I'll, I might make three. And it's wild because like I didn't just get your scripts. I didn't just like, why don't even do your coaching calls anymore? I don't do any of that. One thing I really took from it. I was, I was like, I was like, I cut out all the bullshit. And I was like, what is Brandon saying? I need to do to be successful. And I've applied it in other places of my life. And I was like, wow, I, I need to be this guy. There's so much deeper stuff to it. But I was like, I just need to be the guy who's going to do the things. I need to work harder on myself than in my business. Like I don't do any script practice at all, at all. And people would be like, oh, that's crazy. I'm like, dude, I'm going to take eight, nine listings this month. And so like you taught me that. And now I'm sitting in here giving, you gave me so much value. I'm going to make a quarter of a million dollars this year. I'm going to make over that. Well, that's phenomenal. I mean, and so let's, let's just end. This is a great place to end. It's like,
0: you know, it's everything we're talking about. You're here, you're making the money based on the, the the two things, the work that we've done together and then you doing the work, right? So like, you know, the thing you just said was you're just focused on like doing the work and not, under, not trying to figure out uh, uh, why things aren't working for you. Let me give you an example. Here's what I mean. And I told Nick, right, who's watching this interview right now live, I told him, just do 50 contacts a day, you'll be fine. The reason why you kept saying in this interview today, I don't need to do script practice and all that stuff, everyone watching this does in the beginning, the reason you don't is because you've done so many contacts, your skills have grown through doing. That's You're living this philosophy of learning is in the doing. What I told Nick and what I told you was 50 contacts a day, everything takes care of itself. You don't need to know anything else. But here's what people, they, they just can't accept that. What do I say? How do I say it? Who do I say it to? What do I do when I get there? What do I say when I leave? What do I give them? What does it need to look like? What font should I use? They refuse to do what you just said. They refuse. they missed the part with 50 contacts a day. That's the work. They refuse to do the push-up. Well, should my elbows be flared? Should they be in? What type of shoes should I wear? What kind of clothes should I wear? No, no, don't worry about that. This is called creative avoidance. What you've done, what people like Nick have done, is exactly what you just said. Is you've accepted what we do for what it is. We, you're not overcomplicating it. You're putting your head down and you're doing 50 contacts a day or whatever, how many contacts it is. The point is, like, we got to stop looking for reasons on how we can avoid doing what we know we should be doing. And only when somebody can do that will they start to see results. If they continue avoiding the, the truth, which in our industry is sitting your ass in a chair and picking up the phone and calling one person after the next, one person after the next, until somebody can accept that for truth, they don't have a chance. They do not have a chance to, to
1: reach their fullest potential. And they keep fighting it. And this industry keeps fighting it. Wow. That's so good, man. And uh, last thing I want to say is, um, one big thing I've gotten from this is, and you've told me this too, is like a lot of people fight. This is what we do. Like, this is your job. This is what you do. Like be aligned with that. You are so a lot, like you said earlier, like you love waking up early. You love your workouts. A lot of people find that so painful, and you just sound so aligned to what you do. And I think a lot of people have tension. I've had tension phone calls. Yeah, were tough for me. And now I love. I generally love it. I love making calls. I could do that all day today, even if I wanted. So tell me. Tell me last thing. Like. Um, like, how did you get so aligned with that? And what, why do you think that's so important for agents to get aligned with, I'll like, tell you. this is what you do? Because when you, and I know we talk about it a lot, it's probably lost its, like, luster, but,
0: like, when you detach from the outcome, when you fall in love with the work, with, like, the, the work, when you fall in love with the sweat, the workout, the calls, the prospecting, when that becomes the joy, the results just start to happen. Like, you're gonna have probably one of your best listing uh, uh, months ever. Well, the only reason that's occurred is because of what you just said. I can make calls all day where when I met you a year ago, you couldn't. That's the key difference. Now you get A-listings. It's like you. I think you said uh, in a blink of an eye or or how you put it. It was like it's like easy for you to do that. Not because anything. The only thing that's changed is because you've fallen in love with the action so that the outcomes happen automatically. People are so focused and so obsessed with like... You know, I always tell this great joke is like, no one goes and works out, takes their shirt off looking for abs one time. You know, abs is a byproduct of consistent action over time. When people can fall in love with the workout and not the scale, dude, great things will happen. I think people should really think
1: about what I just said. When they can fall in love with the workout and not the scale, holy shit, their life will change forever. Yeah, I think you're right. You talk about working out all the time. They can think about this, like working out and just be like, yeah, think about that. Like they know they have to do hard things, boring things to get That's in right. shape and, and it takes a long time That's to right, get, long shape time. get ripped and they're, they, they get that and they're not willing to do it. So it's like, if you're not willing to do that, that work in the gym, you're also 100% not going to be willing to do it on the phone. So like, don't bullshit yourself. If you can't do it in the gym, why would you think you can do it on the phone? It's just not going to happen. I'm going to end with this.
0: People don't have business problems. People have personal problems that show up in their business. Thank you so much, man. (laughs) For more tips and advice on how you can grow your business, be sure to follow Brandon on YouTube and Instagram at Brandon Mulrennan.